0: Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick Spencer. You always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports
1: with Spencer Dupuis and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Wednesday. August 31st edition of the of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Field & Sons, family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Bui and Colin McLaughlin here, as I said, there'll be a shifting cast of characters on the show uh, this fall. And uh, Nick, I, I believe he's back home getting a new car.
2: Yeah, he wanted on The Price is Right. I'm jealous.
1: <laughs> no, he did not. Don't lie to the people.
2: I would be jealous of that. I I
1: would be jealous too, Uh, but it's just here. It's Spencer and Colin keeping it locked with you today. Uh, Last night, first TV Ten volleyball action of the season, and uh, Musselman already looks to be in midseason form. Colin,
2: yeah, they looked uh, really good, especially in those first two sets. Kind of let things. uh, Get away from them in well, I that, think that third was not, set. I know they were testing themselves. I think, he was, I they were, I think Coach March was testing in,
1: his his freshmen, his his young players, just to see what they could do because they were already up two sets to nothing. Why don't you kind of mix it up and see? And you know, I was talking to Jim about it after the game, and he said, you know, personally, I would have waited till like halfway through the set.
2: Yeah, because they got behind, and then when they realized they got behind, they tried to bring in those typical starters, but since they were already so far behind, it was kind of too little, too late, it seemed. The momentum had already shifted to uh, Spring Mill's side, and they had the confidence in them to take that set, even though I think they ultimately knew they probably were not going to win overall, being already down two sets to nothing in the best three of five. But winning that third set, having the confidence, one, to do so, and now, two, going on in the future that even though it was against the non-typical starters for a Musselman, it gives them a confidence that they can do it not only against Musselman but against other teams around the EPAC like Martinsburg, like Washington, like Like Jefferson, or like Hedgesville being presumably even maybe the number two team in the state this season.
1: And uh, just want to let everybody know that uh, we're having issues with Comcast, so we are not on Comcast Channel 10 at the moment. Uh, we are working to get that fixed, uh, Colin. But uh, Musselman beat Spring Mills in four sets, 25-11, 25-7, losing that third set, 23-25, and winning 25-9 to in that final set. Here's the uh, final point of the game uh, for Musselman.
3: It's going to have to be a free ball across for the Appleman. Can Spring Mills save this one? They cannot. And that is number 25 on the set. And that's the third set. That is game. The musselman Appleman 1-0. They take the fourth set, 25-9. Three set to one victory for Musselman over Spring Mills on Spring Mills home court. We're going to go ahead and we'll take a two-minute break.
1: All right, that was the game-winning call for Musselman and Dylan Bishop along with uh, Jim Klein, the crew this year. Colin, how was it yesterday? Was it odd?
2: It was uh, odd at times because the intensity was there, obviously, not only when it came to certain volleys, but especially that JV game. The crowd was already into it going nuts that went to that third and final set for winner-take-all. The student section showed up very well for both. It went into the crowds as well, the parents, the fans that just come to enjoy a game, especially for Musselman being the number one team in the state. With that winning mentality, it's going to create people that maybe aren't typical fans of volleyball but know, hey, this team's good, I'm a Muscleman fan. I'm going to go cheer him on. So that helped, and it was weird not being the one calling it and just being somebody, which was still fun because I like working the camera as well, getting close and seeing the emotion of the players.
1: Yeah, and um, I'm working on something, maybe. We talked about it after the game last night to get back in action for volleyball. I have not told Mike about it, but I think Mike would be intrigued about it. Uh, What do you think about it?
2: I like the idea of uh, possibly having a reporter on the side, like uh, what you want for my role to be, kind of like how we do for football, getting interviews either, if possible, since it takes so long in between sets, to maybe do it in between sets. I don't know if the coaches would like that or not, but I think they wouldn't be opposed to doing it after the
1: game. Yeah, and uh, we're going to work things out. Hopefully we can get that to you by next week. Uh, but uh, to wrap up this game from last night, uh, again, the Appleman win in four sets, 25-11, 25-7, t- losing four, set number three, 23-25, and winning set four, 25-29. The Appleman they're set to travel down to Florida this weekend to play in a national championship tournament while, Hedges, while um, Spring Mills will take on Hedgesville next Tuesday. Uh, pretty big competition down at that uh, national championship tournament in Florida
2: yeah the tournament of uh champions i believe they went to it last year as well being in that southeast bracket so best of luck to Musselman. we know up here that they're the uh, best in the state clearly and they have been for a while now with the eight state championships under uh the program with sean march there he's made it into a legacy for the appleman and i think it's going to continue for years to come as well with the winning program that's already established so hopefully they get some great competition down there and that's what really helps them when they come back to West Virginia is playing in all these tournaments going to different beaches in South Carolina going down to Florida for this tournament it really helps them learn because obviously they don't always win sometimes the schools from the other states with bigger programs are better that happens it's okay but because of that competition, it gives them a huge advantage when they come back to West Virginia.
1: It really does. Um, Colin, I've got some breaking news for you. Good or bad? Uh, I think you'll be very happy. This comes from Jeff Passon nine minutes ago. The Baltimore Orioles are calling up 21-year-old infielder Gunnar Anderson. So he's
2: not just going to be on the taxi squad. He's going to play. He'll be
1: eligible for the postseason, which is a wild sentence, as, he, as Jeff Pass writes. Or is he just
2: going to be on?
1: I don't know. It says... That they've called him up. I got an ES... I mean,
2: yeah, I do see this. O's call up MLB's number two overall prospect infielder Gunnar Henderson. From the O's AAA. tweeted
1: at eleven fifty nine a.m. So dot 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 Gunner question mark. So I think so it's we'll happening. See. I think it happened. I think he's on more than the taxi squad. They've selected the contract of Gunnar Henderson from AAA. He will wear number two, and his first MLB appearance will be his or his first appearance will be his MLB debut probably tonight
2: well i know what i'm watching tonight
1: there you go we got the night (laughs)
2: off hey
1: people are people are sad because he will not indeed wear uh the number that he wore in spring training do you know what number that is
2: not off the top of my head no
1: 69
2: ah well he has been wearing number two for they optioned
1: infielder tyler nevin to Norfolk and designated that right-handed pitcher Denyai Reyes for assignment so never
2: heard of him so that works as Colin, well
1: there you go you got
2: your guy and hopefully he helps because the playoff push is getting even more intense as the days go by it's down to what 30 something games left in the uh, regular season and they're three games back of that final wild card spot so if Baltimore wants to actually make the postseason this year i think they're making the right move and hopefully he does well especially against a team like cleveland you got to keep winning series they just won a series against houston who's the best team in the al right now cleveland being the uh, division leader for the al central are two very crucial series that you have to play followed by toronto who you're battling for a wild card spot with
1: yeah, you are. We might have more on that later, uh, but we've got to hit the first break of the day. Segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, delivered to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll hear from Hedgesville head football coach Matt Faircloth as we caught up with him yesterday. You're, uh, you're tuned in to the sports mix on Talk Radio, WRNR and TV 10.
3: Like a stone, and I feel hate. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. and We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up, no questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Ever try to collect on an...
1: Hear from every EPAC coach every week on the Sports Mix this fall. They really showed that they have a lot of grit. They can play with just about
4: anybody. That's the culture that we've been building here at Washington High. You know, our senior leadership stepped up and said playoffs are bust for us. Pretty much the same thing we've been saying since day one. Stay humble, stay hungry. been have to solidify some things. I really think the key for our team is that They do some things that if we're not ready, they'll be the team that's sitting there at 500 at the end of the night.
0: The Sports Mix, weekdays from 12 to 1 and re-aired from 5 to 6.
1: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740, streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook. And now, back on TV 10, shout out to the mogul Mike Hornby for helping us out, getting us back on the air, talking to Comcast. Uh, for the tv side of things but colin i got too excited for you because we've been talking about Gunnar henderson so much over the last month on the show you and nick along with dylan and and when avery was on the show you guys talked about him as well forgot to mention our next volleyball broadcast will be next tuesday september 6th at musselman as washington is traveling to musselman for that contest which uh, should be a good one to see another epac on epac uh volleyball match
2: yeah always fun to watch the defending state champions did, no you, uh, what did you sport? see
1: those shirts that they sold? The reigning,
2: yeah, I did defending, raining, undisputed. Raining, undisputed I yep, love yep, those. I, 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 I really loved those. That was pretty I'm cool. I'm a Brock Lesnar guy, so Paul Heyman guy as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I love those. But uh, now let's transition over to football. As you heard, that last promo, we're going to talk to every EPAC coach every week on the Sports Mix. And we are indeed, as yesterday, we caught up after the show with head coach of the 1-0 Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth. Here we go. We're now joined by head coach for the want to know Hedgesville Eagles coach Matt Faircloth and coach looking back on last week it was a tale of two halves for your team able to figure things out in the first half or in the second half uh, after a little sloppy of a first half but uh, the air raid offenses kind of seems to be your team's new identity.
4: Yeah I mean at uh, that first half I think it was just you know first game nerves in front of a packed house you know, you know making crazy mistakes and holding penalties and offsides and you know, but I think going into the halftime, you know, we got their attention uh, at halftime. We challenged them at halftime, and they came out and uh, they did what they were supposed to do.
2: And leading that charge was Jackson West for the offense. Just talk about how uh, his liked from your quarterback.
4: I mean Jackson. Jackson's always been a you know always had a strong arm. He's got a strong arm in baseball. You know, even when he was in youth league football he could always throw it you know we just never really had the guys around him to, to do it so this past past off season we you know we put some put some guys in spots develop some athletes and now he can he can throw it to pretty much any, anybody he wants to
1: and when you look at some of those guys you just seem to have a wealth of guys that can catch the ball and uh, some guys that weren't even really listed as guys that were going to play that position but uh, they seem to make a big impact during the game
4: yeah, I mean we're right now, yeah, I think we're probably three four deep at uh each wide receiver spot. We're young. Uh so we're developing a lot of guys, but we trust the guys that we're putting out there and we know that you know, if our ones and twos need breaks, our threes and fours can come in and, and execute what we're trying to do.
2: One of those guys being Xavier Kirk, getting two touchdown catches in that game and really surprised people that weren't aware of what he would bring to the table for your team. Did you expect him to uh, jump out week one like he did?
4: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's, you know, X is an athlete. Uh, you know, he's he's a, he's a pretty good basketball player, and you know, he's a pretty good high jumper on our track team. So at the end of the day, he's an athlete. You know, if you put the ball anywhere near him here, he'll make plays for you.
1: And now you move on this week to uh, playing a team out of Virginia and Warren County. They come in zero and one. What have you seen from them on tape so far?
4: Uh, a lot of the same things we see in Washington. They're a single wing team, uh, big up front. Got a couple guys that really run the ball hard. And you know, we're back to you know same game plan we had this week. Is you know we got to we got to control the line of scrimmage and, and knock their offensive line backwards and move the ball on offense and control the clock.
2: What would it mean for your program from? I guess a few years ago to now to start the season two and L.
4: It's big for these kids. You know, these kids having the success based off what the, the work they put in. That's that's what really matters. And at the end of the day, you know, seeing seeing it come full fold and letting these guys go out and have fun on Friday night and, and executing and doing what they're doing is fun.
1: So looking at this matchup, is your team kind of need to do those same things that they are able to do in the second half in order to uh, get another win this week?
4: Yeah, I think for us it's going to be the same key, you know, Control the line of scrimmage, uh, knock their offensive line back, our offensive line come off the ball, create pass, and our athletes got to go make plays. And, and you know, I think if we do that, we should have a lot of success.
2: Obviously, everybody knows that this program continues to grow there in Hedgesville. What's the next step?
4: You know, for us, we said it at the beginning: it's playoffs or bust for us. And you know, we we got a rough part of the schedule. once we get to week four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, and ten, so for us, it's you know, executing early on, making sure we're in the right spots and where we want to be mid-season, so that when we get to that point in the schedule, you know, we're ready to compete and grind.
1: All right, Coach Faircloth, our guest. Thanks for the time, Coach. Best of luck this week.
4: All right, I appreciate it.
1: That was Head Coach Matt Faircloth of the 1-0 Hedgesville Eagles. And again, he keeps giving us these these quotes, these, uh, you know, just fiery, they're playoffs or bust still. That's the belief. I'm all for it. I mean, I, I like it. It's just usually don't hear a coach say that more than once.
2: That's very true as well, but if you want to instill it in your program, it helps with repetition, right? Yeah, I guess. Repetition gets it in your head over and over, and that's why we remember it, and that's why his players remember it. And obviously, it's only week one, so you can't say it's truly worked yet. But until they I mean, get there, I don't there, think you can think say it can.
1: truly works after next week either. Or like when we talk to him next week, if he says it again, I don't think you can say it truly works. I mean, if they're two, I Ill, think it helps, I but. think the big portion of this schedule, and I've talked about it the whole time, is how what happens in Morgantown or when they play Morgantown, and can you play with Martinsburg? Because we saw them last year play with Martinsburg for a half. Yeah, they were down twenty to nothing. I think it was at halftime. But still, you you know, it wasn't. 50 to nothing at halftime. You know, it wasn't 45 nothing, you know, it they there were some stops. They, you know, forced Martinsburg to make some mistakes in that first yep. half. And in Martinsburg, you know, tends to blow things out of the water in the second half, kind of like we what we saw last time. They were in control of the game, but it wasn't the best first half they could have had. The offense wasn't moving as it could be, but then in the second half they put it out, out of the way. But back to Hedgesville here, I mean, Warren County out of Virginia, uh, they gave up 40 points to Clark County uh, last game, and they fell 40-7. to seven. Uh, They run the similar style offense that Washington does, so it's kind of a hard hard to come back when you're down. So as long as Hedgesville can take control of this game from the start, I think it should be an easy victory.
2: Yeah, it's going to help that you just practiced and planned on defensively in stopping that single wing offense and now you get to do that all over again this week you didn't have to wait from like week one to week eight or something like that to uh have time in between where you had to change to learning different uh a different game plan I guess is what I'm going to say for a different style of offense you get to do it back to back so I think that's going to help Hedgesville I still really like this offense that they got between uh jackson and x i think that could be a pretty special combination going forward also going back to uh you mentioned martinsburg you know kind of taking it away in the second half against uh salem mark one check mark next to my uh surprise prediction for this season what remember what i said when you asked what we thought surprises were going to be this year
1: no honestly i don't
2: that martinsburg was going to blow teams out of the water that they didn't last year
1: yeah, I mean, I I, yeah, I guess, and I wonder what that game would have looked like if you had everybody healthy and didn't have as many mm-hmm. injuries because that could have been lethal. I mean, we could have seen 70s, 80s. What was that Parkersburg South score from last year? 82 to something. I think you could have seen that maybe if those players were still maybe. healthy and uh, hope that they can return to health very soon. Doesn't look that way, Colin, based upon the two deep that you got, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I saw is Pearson's out, Kendall's out, Fagin's out, Reed's still in after you were uh, worried with him getting a little gash Close on his face that uh, Close required to the- stitches is what we've heard. We'll confirm that, I guess, uh, when we go to Martinsburg today and confirm how long those three guys are out for and see if uh, King's still out because what I got from Hoot Sherman uh, did not have King on the depth chart, but we talked to King, and he said he was playing whenever we spoke to him last. But obviously things change. You want to make sure guys are well. You want to play, especially but you in that running back spot. They got running back depth as well. I mean, it, I'm not going to compare the talent, but I'm going to compare the situation kind of to Braxton Todd. Yeah, he said that he was good to play. He played. And then he was out the rest of the season, and you don't want that ha- to happen. I'm not going to speculate. Maybe he wasn't 100%, said he was, and put the blame on anybody because I'm not. You can't do that off yeah. last season. But I think you want to make sure, because of last season, with that happening, that King is 100%. So something similar to that doesn't happen again, especially with Kendall out, and you don't know how long that's going to be.
1: Yeah, you don't know how long that's going to be, but hopefully they can all get back to health. Hopefully all players in the EPAC stay healthy this year as best as possible. Uh, but we'll talk to the uh, really the rest of the EPAC coaches uh, today after the show. Um, and then Friday, calling for your preview show for whatever, uh, for the games, get you a bite from, uh, from those interviews we did for pregame. Mm-hmm. And play him as well. But you'll hear from every EPAC coach every week on the sports mix as you heard that promo. Uh, but uh, again, this week's shaping up to be a good week in EPAC football. Um, uh, Muscleman Martinsburg is the game we'll have for you Friday night after we get back from Southern Connecticut State from Shepherd's game. Uh, but uh, we'll te- step aside for our second break of the day. And then on the other side of that break, we will uh talk about Shepard here a little bit some topics coming out about Shepard as well uh, maybe some NFL cuts we'll get in there as well but we'll be back after this two minute break you're tuned to the sports mix on talk radio WRNR and TV 10 sponsored in part by Arsini's home store not just appliance store any longer cabinets and betting outdoor living in his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at a 360 hack Wilson way or at Arsini's.com again we'll be back in two minutes so alive never been more
3: free Golf season is in full swing.
1: Hi, I'm Ron Springer, head golf professional at the Woods, and I'm excited to announce that the 6th Annual Tournament of Champions is back for another exciting year thanks to our presenting sponsor, Jordan Flooring. This year's tournament schedule here at the Woods is bigger than ever, so gather up your buddies and try to qualify for the area's biggest golf event. A list of the many qualifying tournaments held here at the Woods can be found at thewoods.com, or you can find the list in the Round the Panhandle
0: magazine. Have fun and benefit the community. Game days in almost heaven. There's nothing else quite like it. The crisp fall air, the smell of the tailgates all around, the renewal of storied traditions while hanging out with friends and meeting new ones. That's a game day at Milan Pushkar Stadium, where the pageantry of college football and the Mountaineers are a way of life. Join us on game days. Buy your season tickets today at WBUGame.com.
1: An incredible run to the national semifinals. The Shepard University football team is back in action for another thrilling season on TV 10. Five seconds, throws, Enzo got Tarek! He got a foot in! Wow! Touchdown Shepard! Join us on Thursday, September 1st at 5 30 as the Rams kick off their season in New Haven, Connecticut against Southern Connecticut State. Right here on
0: Comcast Channel 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube now back to the sports mix with spencer and nick on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 and tv 10.
1: welcome back into this wednesday august 31st edition of the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10. colin you'll be on the show tomorrow and friday as uh, we'll be traveling to and from Southern Connecticut State. Uh, you've got some guest co-hosts. Co-host. Who is your guest J- co-host? Just
2: one guest co-host so far. I wasn't sure if I should uh, try to reach out to anybody else, but I think I'll be fine with uh, having think everybody one will know
1: who your guest Hall of Famer is.
2: in the room with me and that being a uh, former employee here in Matt Miller, going to help me out on the sports mix uh, Thursday and Friday with you guys going up to uh, Connecticut to preview uh, Shepherd football tomorrow, obviously the Backyard Brawl as well, and then some other things. And Friday high school football. Yeah, speaking and recapping the two games that I just mentioned for tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, speaking of Shepherd football, we get the email last night, pretty late, late, late from Chip Ransom. Uh, Sports Information Director at Shepard University. Three members of the Shepard Rams football team have been named to the D2Football.com Elite 100 watch list. Uh, Tyson Bajant was a first-team selection. Senior offensive lineman Joey Fisher a second-team selection while... Uh, Defensive end Kyle Smith gained squad team accolades. Not too sure what squad team accolades means. Uh, But uh, one of the players that Nick caught up with, you'll see here on the pregame show tomorrow, is Kyle Smith. And uh, since Nick's not here and he won't really be on the show tomorrow or Friday, I guess, uh, maybe he'll call in tomorrow to preview Shepard a little bit. Uh, Okay. But uh, Kyle Smith, so yesterday, obviously, it was like storming in the afternoon. We went to Shepard for a 245 uh, interview time when they have practice at 3. Turns out they canceled practice and had a team meeting at 3.30, so everyone was just chilling in the locker room. Uh, he interviewed Ronnie Brown, and uh, he was looking around. He was trying to find in Kyle Smith. Turns out Kyle Smith was, like, in the corner at his locker reading a book. What book? I, we, Didn't ask. we forgot to ask. <laughs> but I just thought that was interesting. Like, everybody else was – they were jamming out the – walking in there. You know, your star defensive end was just reading a book.
2: And now we know that at least two guys like to read on that team because during Monday Night Mayhem we were told that's uh, something that Tyson likes to do. Yeah, there you reading, go. So.
1: Uh, but those three guys named to the D2Football.com Elite 100 watch list, congrats to them, and uh, they have, it's obviously well-deserved. That is voted on with input from coaches, scouts, media, and sports information directors. Uh, again, Shepard tomorrow, tomorrow evening at Southern Connecticut State, 5.30 kickoff, 5 p.m. pregame on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube, and uh, the more we look at this game, the more it seems like it's not going to be uh, necessarily, a, as Colin would say, a cupcake game because uh, the if you, everything skewed for last year for Southern Connecticut State because they were without their quarterback for much of the season.
2: Yeah, you got hurt against their uh, rival in Central Connecticut State last season. That's kind of what put them just below uh, 500 on the year because they had to go to somebody else, but he's back. So we'll get to see how he is, if he's a hundred percent and how he's able to lead this Southern Connecticut state team. Shepard has the target on its back being a number six team in the division two poll and being on the road as well, leaving, I believe uh, they're probably on the road right now. I think if I remember correctly from hearing with um, coach, uh, Ernie McCook on Monday, I think he said that they're leaving at noon today to get up there, stay the night, and then have their legs hopefully rested enough to not be tight after yeah, sitting on a bus to do It's so. also
1: kind of hard to, for a 5.30 kickoff because it's hard to determine traffic going up there. So that I think true. that was a wise decision by them to leave today, get a hotel, stay the night. Then you got that real college football feel. Because 5.30 is just an odd time because you've got to be there, start warming up probably around 4.00.
2: Yeah, you don't want to be having to leave and depending on which route and traffic you take and stops, obviously. And, yeah. Because we've already been looking at that for you guys. If you take the route with tolls, it's six hours. If you take the route without tolls, it's nine hours.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, again, for we'll those
2: traveling game. to the game, now you know yeah, take we'll the route have, with tolls.
1: We'll have that game for you tomorrow night, 5 uh, 30 kickoff, 5 p.m. pregame. Uh, as today, yesterday was NFL cut day. Unfortunately, Uh, DeJuan Neal gets cut from the Commanders, the former Shepard Ram, uh, but it, it appears they want him on the practice squad. I don't exactly know when practice squad is going to start coming out.
2: I was about to say, I haven't heard anything either, but I'm going to pull up a guy that also got cut and he's still listed as a free agent now, and that's Jarrett Patterson. So I'll have to see what I'm doing with, uh, fantasy football.
1: All right. Well, waiver claims for this morning. And uh, the Commanders claimed two defensive backs, Tariq Fields Castro from the 49ers and Rashad Wild Goose from the Jets. Uh, those were two waiver claims for them. 16-player uh, NFL practice squads, though. They've they've made some new rules. Remember, Colin? Uh, there was a bunch of stuff going around where or before you could have to only have played in like four or less games in your NFL career and then with covid they kind of changed things around so where you have pra- players there on the practice squad uh according to spottrack.com 16 player nfl practice squads 10 players with two or less years of experience six players with no experience restriction veteran weekly salary of 15,400 19,900 non-veteran weekly salary 11,500 salaries are not guaranteed and accounts against the salary cap uh so you could see some guys return on um on that uh that practice squad and it'd be interesting to see who does it. But when you look at that fifty three man roster, I don't know if it was too soon to tell or what, but Brian Robinson is indeed on the active roster, not on the non football injury list, which is big. Yeah, it it's
2: big. Which but means I that still, he, may I still feel like... he may not miss four
1: weeks. He may not miss four weeks. I
2: still feel like he's going to be put on that list just as a safety precaution so you can bring somebody up. I was also getting uh, just looking through Twitter, trying to learn about those two guys that you just mentioned. And uh, J.P. Finley puts that Castro Fields is a local guy. He went to uh, Riverdale Baptist of uh, Washington, D.C., and then went to Penn State. He was a sixth round pick by the 49ers this year. So it's a rookie that Washington is signing. And then Wild Goose, he played five games last year for the Jets and was a sixth-round pick out of Wisconsin last year. So two young guys that hopefully can make an impact in some way for Washington.
1: Yeah, and uh, we got the official word yesterday when the Final 53 came out. Right now there's five tight ends on the roster. So it includes Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, the rookie John Bates, Armani Rogers, the former quarterback in college, and Curtis Hodges. Uh this is the initial fifty-three, but uh, that's a little concerning because you. Why do you need five tight ends? Because who knows who's going to be able to play week one between Thomas Turner and Bates. Uh, another concerning thing is they uh, have four cornerbacks: William Jackson the third, Benjamin Saint Juice, Kendall Fuller, and Christian Holmes. But that may be taken care of with those waiver claims. But then you got to figure out who you cutting. You can't have 55 people on your roster, so who do you cut? Do you? I, cut? I feel like
2: you should cut one of those tight ends. I think four is a more reasonable number than five for tight ends, maybe even three. But they've got
1: nine offensive linemen. Do you need nine offensive linemen for five positions? I guess maybe two I mean, each. I'd uh, like to have
2: one backup each spot and then one in a random spot just in case. They've I got don't know. five
1: defensive ends, four defensive tackles, Five linebackers, but again, they usually play a one to two linebacker set with yeah. an extra, you know, with an extra safety or corner. Uh, they do have five safeties on the roster. Pierce Percy Butler makes it. Jeremy Reeves makes it. Uh, those two guys are two guys to watch. Is maybe you cut one of them and sign that corner? I don't know. Uh, but those are some things to look at. I don't know. I, I don't roster. think it's
2: going to be Reeves. You heard Ron Rivera say he's earned the spot on the team, so yeah. it seems like Ron likes him. So I don't think he'd be one to go.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to happen. This is just the initial 53 for the Commanders. So, um,
2: just to kind of tie in a WVU thing as well as an interesting thing for the NFL-NFC East rivalry-wise, you see that Dallas is only keeping Dak Prescott in the quarterback depth.
1: Yeah, they cut Will Greer. They cut Will Greer. And Cooper Rush, right? Yep. That's and interesting. that's all they
2: had in the QB room.
1: But they only I also one think quarterback now. that is... For now, I think they're trying to roster shuffle. I've got to read the story that I pinned uh, put or bookmarked. Apparently, they're trying to do roster shuffling because they need a couple guys to see if guys are going to be healthy or not. But that's something interesting to look at. Uh, before we hit the break, though, sad news. Another player injury for the Nationals as uh, the number one pitching prospect who made his debut, Cade Cavalli, the right-hander. Uh Didn't pitch great on Friday, came out Saturday to do his normal routine, and he's now on the 15-day injured list uh, with right shoulder inflammation. Manager Davey Martinez said that the team's top pitching prospect will be shut down for two weeks, then reevaluated. This is not good because there's so many players injured in that locker room.
2: And do you even want a true reevaluation since he's one of your top pitching prospects? You already know the season's done for should you just shut him down, make sure that he's fully healthy and try to continue the rebuild so that nothing else happens to him.
1: Yeah, I mean that's something to look at, but it's kind of sad that another player goes No, down. it's
2: definitely sad and it's been a abysmal season for the Nationals and this just adds more on to that which sucks. But you don't want to add more by risking another injury, correct?
1: Yeah, not what's not you don't want to risk another injury whatsoever. Uh, but that's that's something to keep a look at over the next few weeks to see what happens there. Uh, but that will do it for this sports mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll be joined by uh, Little League District 6 Administrator Nevin Kilmer. The Little League, every year they have, I, guess it's, I think it's a Little League Congress, and you can submit rules well there's a rule being submitted about a player on the on last year's team uh when they were down at the southeast regional uh he got walked a few too many times and uh he there was a rule submitted based upon everybody in the district and uh well that passed so we'll catch up with him and talk about more about that when we come back on today's edition of the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 back in two minutes
0: Happiness grows
3: here
5: Ors Farm Market
0: Visit us at Orr's Farm Market Just five miles west of Martinsburg To pick up all your local fresh fruits and vegetables With our in-house bakery Fresh fruit slushies and apple cider donuts You can't go wrong Live bluegrass every Saturday from 12 to 5 p.m. And check out all that's local and delicious at Oars By going to orr'sfarmmarket.com Or visit our Facebook page
3: Happiness grows here.
1: Farm Market
2: The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be this football season. Join us Fridays for Martinsburg Bulldog Games, Saturdays for Shepard Rams and WVU Games, and every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday nights for the NFL Primetime Games. We still have steak night every Wednesday, shrimp nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. So come on in and enjoy the Palace Lounge. We're located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg.
1: Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for August 31st, 2022, brought to you by the the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call AmeriPrize Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. So as we start to wrap up this show, got an email yesterday from Little League District 6 Administrator Nevin Kilmer, and uh, every year they have a congressional or a little league Congress, and one of the ones that he put together to uh, a rule change had passed, and now we're welcome to the program, Nevin Kilmer. How you doing today, Nevin?
5: Good afternoon, guys. Doing great. Doing great.
1: And I, th- I believe you told me about this at the state tournament, uh, but you didn't even think that there was a chance that it would pass. But uh, what is this rule, and what, and how, how far did it pass
3: by?
5: Yes. Yeah, so what happened was, it, every two years we do a regional. Well. Every four years, we do Little League Congress, which is 700 district administrators throughout the um, international and, and the United States, which is um, you know Japan, Mexico, uh, um, China, and Canada. So we, we meet once every four years. Now, every two years on your year off year, we do a regional roundtable. But this year, we went to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, uh, for our regional or for our Congress, and um and that's when uh, we could submit rule changes. And what basically it's not, it's not a rule change, but it's like an amendment to a rule. So uh, I, I guess a, the brief history goes back to Jefferson Little League last year, uh, 2021, and uh, with the surf Guerrero down there being walked at, at, um, at uh, Warner Robins. So I guess the kicker was he, he was walked four times in one game by Tennessee, and the last time he was walked was the sixth inning with nobody on base, and um, they were Jefferson was down by like ten runs, so it, it was his last at bat in Little League, and Jefferson reached out, you know, to, to me when they got back home and said, "Hey, can we do anything?" And I said, "Well, I can try." So the um, there's eight proposed rule changes came out at Congress, which was in June and the, um, one of the rule changes was actually the intentional walk for junior league and senior league. So I, I did a little, um, I guess you could say, networking there with some other DAs, uh, mostly mm-hmm. with, with the West Virginia DAs, and they were all in favor of this uh, one, one intentional walk per, per player per game. So I said, well, let's see what I can do. So, so I went to Sport and I started talking to, to the, uh, the other DAs in, in the motel room or uh, in the lobbies um at uh you know at dinner at breakfast wherever i could find somebody we started talking about this this rule and um so we had sessions like like one hour uh, and a half sessions and one of the sessions was on rules and regulations so that's when we that's the one i went to it's about 150 da's at, at, at this meeting and they said anybody wants an amendment you know raise your hand and i'll give you a three by five postcard so i just wrote down you know that Let's do one intentional walk per player um, per game. And I submitted it, and it's like, you know, it's like a needle in a haystack. It's like no way it's going to pass. So Congress finished up, and uh, we voted like in July. We we actually voted online uh, for these eight amendments, and um, the one of the rules that came out to be voted on was the uh, was this rule that that we changed was the. Uh, uh, one intentional walk per per batter. So we got the results yesterday after the World Series was over. They I guess they submitted the re- or they passed out the results, and it passed by. Uh, one thing about a rule being passed is you need uh, uh, two thirds of a vote by all the district administrators, and this rule actually passed seventy four percent to twenty four percent. And wow. year year of year of. Um, uh, I guess it's going to go into effect in 2023 for regular season and turn replay one, one walk, uh, one intentional walk per batter per game.
2: Well, you took my question away, Nevin, when you just answered there at the end uh, <laughs> saying when it would go into effect, but I guess I'll ask um, when you were talking with those district administrators, did they ever have the same stories around their area with certain players kind of like what we had uh, with surf I I, uh, I
5: I don't think they did i think they felt for this 12 year old kid that was in regional and i'm sure they probably saw it and heard about it because it ended up being nationwide news i guess that this was that this was happening down in southeast region and i mean he had like I'm going to say 10 or 12 intentional walks throughout the whole tournament, which is ridiculous. Oh, I
2: remember. And, yeah. I watched. It yeah, was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah.
5: And, and even when you're up by 10 runs, it's ridiculous. So, but a lot of the DAs I talked to, you know, I mean, like, we're here for the kids. You know, let's give the kids a chance. Then I also heard some say, well, you know, they can still walk the kid. I said, yeah, but they got to throw the four pitches. So when they throw the four pitches, it's going to be, okay, a 12 year old has to do the, uh, the pitch out. You know which they do in the major leagues, and it's like, you know, anything can happen to twelve-year-olds. You can have a pass ball. Normally, when you walk a player, anyway, you got guys on second and third. You know, so you may have a pass ball, and also, you know, somebody about the size that you know a good-sized player could reach out and even hit a home run or whatever. Yeah. You know, if the pitcher don't if the pitcher don't pitch it out far enough, you know. So.
1: Yeah, I remember back uh, to last year when we were even doing the uh, area and district tournament. Uh, he was. And after he did a home run, the next at bat he was intentionally walked. uh, But not so many times. It was just after. It was this the next at bat after a home run, right? So even
5: in regional, uh, Surf, which is a player's name, uh, which we kind of coined as the Surf Rule. So anyway, um, he was actually walked. Jefferson was down five to two in the the fifth inning. They walked Surf, made it five to three with bases loaded. They walked him with base. And with two outs, and then, of course, the next player got out. But that just shows how much respect he had for this young man was that, uh, you know, they walk in with bases loaded, you know. So, but I think this rule will help a little bit. Um, it's just going to let the kid, you know, something's going to happen. You're going to have a pass ball, the, a wild pitch. The kid's going to reach out and hit the ball. Um, it's going to be tough for that 12-year-old pitcher to throw four balls outside, you know, on a, on a, you know, on a pitch out. So, I agree but because anyway, you never
2: I, can. You never know what's going to
5: happen with their control. But go on, Nevin. No, no. So you're allowed one. You know, you're allowed one intentional walk per one batter is allowed one intentional walk per game, and uh, that goes. That is also for regular season and tournament. Then for 2023, so it'll begin next year.
1: All right, Nevin. Thanks for the time, and uh, we'll see you next year. I guess whenever we go to Hedgesville again for football.
5: There you go. Thank you. We'll see you.
1: All right, Nevin Kilmer, Little League District 6 administrator. Thank him for the time for coming on. He sent us that email yesterday, which was pretty cool. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we have him on and talk about it? Because I don't know the whole process of it. And right. I remember him talking to me about the process. So uh, thanks again to him for taking time out of his day to come on and talk about the uh, the coined surf Garrow rule that passed in the Little League And I
2: completely agree with the rule. And you could tell, even watching the game, the frustration on jefferson's side when i can't even remember who where they were playing but i remember watching in it it was a basically it was already a 10 run game yeah jefferson was the home side in that southeast regional so they still had the final at bat and they still intentionally walk surf it, yeah. it's the last inning the kids last at bat and they still intentionally walk him to put him on first and Yeah, people say, well, being intentionally walked as a power hitter, obviously, is great respect, but there I felt like it was complete disrespect and a lack of care for a 12-year-old kid, and now that can't happen anymore.
1: Yeah, it can't happen. Colin, there's a video. You'll have to watch it. I don't know if there's any cussing in this, so we can't throw it on, but the Baltimore Orioles have published a video of Gunnar Henderson's call-up.
2: I'll definitely watch that after the
1: show. Yeah, I don't want to play it because I do not know if it is safe for the airwaves. You never know. Exactly. Um, because that's a, that's a moment that uh, I don't necessarily think I would be safe for the airwaves. If I was a minor league player and I got the call, I might say some bleep did it bleeps uh, But uh, some commander's practice squad news starting to leak out. Uh, they are signing cornerback Corn Elder to the practice squad per sources, according to Ben Standig of The Athletic. Um, Collegial Hudson, linebacker, also cut surprisingly yesterday, the draft pick from last year. He's going back on to the practice squad as well, along with offensive lineman Nolan Laufenberg, among others, expected to join the practice squad now that they have cleared waiver. So a lot more will be coming out uh, in the next few hours about all this, but senior director of pro personnel, Eric Stokes just spoke to the media, uh, which is interesting. I'll have to go click back through that and see what that was all about. Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, uh, will speak to the media at four o'clock. Also today was the first day since before the 2020 season that, uh, media was allowed back in the locker room to interview individual players. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, and then some other news about those two guys that were, uh, Claimed off waivers by the Commanders. Uh, No players were released so far. Hmm. So that's something interesting to look at as well. Uh, But as we get ready to close the show here today, again, 7 p.m. or 7.05, the Nats will play tonight. Anibal Sanchez on the mound, 6.35 pregame from the Nats radio network. Uh, You won't really hear from me on the show until I guess maybe I, we can call and I don't know we'll figure that out. But we'll be on the road tomorrow up to Southern Connecticut State and excuse me in New Haven and then back coming back from uh, New Jersey excuse me New Jersey because we got a hotel in New Jersey. Cornerback uh, Danny Johnson also expected to join the Commanders practice squad. That 17 seconds ago from Ben Standing, uh, but more players will be expected to join the practice squad later on. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll. Uh, talk to you tomorrow well, i guess colin will talk to you tomorrow nick maybe yep, be on there as well matt. the matt the, the hall of fama matt miller will be on the show as well tomorrow uh and friday hopefully uh you'll hear from nick tomorrow previewing a little shepherd action and uh that will do it for this edition of the sports mix Looking forward to Shepherd action tomorrow night on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube, 5.30 kickoff, 5 p.m. pregame show. I believe Nick is putting together a little something special. We'll post that on social media about the timing when that's going to air. And then tomorrow, 7 p.m., and uh, it is a 4 p.m. pregame show for the Mountaineer Sports Network on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 as the 105th edition of the Backyard Brawl. Uh, gets going tomorrow at 7 p.m., 4 p.m. pregame show. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to Nevin Kilmore for coming on with us. For Colin, I'm Spencer saying so long. He'll talk to you tomorrow.